Good morning, City Church. This is City Church together for Friday, September 3rd. Today, we are going to be uh, in our last installment from the book of Acts that we'll do a here journal through together. You have two more. Um, heads up on the app if you're following along on that, if you hadn't already noticed. Number one, uh, our days got kind of mixed up there. We went back to June, back to the future. Okay, wrongo. Um, so uh, I'll be doing uh, the entry from June 3rd today, since this is September, which actually says Monday, but this is a Friday. So we'll do Acts 28 today. Secondly, you may have noticed, if you're following along on our Bible reading app, that the, we are about to be done with Acts, therefore that reading will expire soon. Do not fear. We are going to reload reload the app up with some new daily readings um, very soon. Um, so they will be that will be populated and ready for you by the time we finish Acts um, this week or in the middle of next week. All right. In the meantime, let's do a here journal together. Acts 28 will do the first 10 verses. This uh, to set up, uh, since we're in a narrative here, um, Paul and uh, uh, Luke have just um, survived a shipwreck. Um, in which the Lord um, preserved him and some of the other people who were not Christians on that shipwreck. In fact, everybody made it to shore safely. And uh, now they are on this shipwrecked island um, called Malta, which will be verse 1. So here we go. Um, Acts 28, 1 through 10. Once safely ashore, we learned that the island was called Malta. The local people showed us extraordinary kindness. They lit a fire and took us all in, since it was raining and cold. As Paul gathered a bundle of brushwood and put it on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. Paul said, well, this is convenient. Verse 4. No, that's parts under there. Verse 4. When the local people saw saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to one another, this man no doubt is a murderer. Even though he has escaped the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But he shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no harm. They expected that he would begin to swell up or suddenly drop dead. After they waited a long time and saw nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said, rather than a murderer, that he was a god. Now, in the area around that place was an estate belonging to the leading man on the island named Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us and entertained us um, hospitably for three days. Publius's father was in bed suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went to him, and praying and laying his hands on him, he healed him. After this, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. So they heaped many honors on us, and when we sailed, they gave us what we needed. And that is the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 28. So we're nearing the book of Acts now. Um, Let's highlight a couple of things in here. Um, first, the fun highlights. Um, Publius, where did that name come from? This is actually where the grocery store Publix came from. He said, let's, let's call it Publius. And they said, no, you should change that. So they went with the green aprons, called it Publix, and overcharged for everything except for their BOGOs, which you should definitely go for. Um, then, um, also, note the man, can you imagine being in a shipwreck, surviving this shipwreck, getting onto an island, and then a snake bites you while you're making a fire. Um, that has to be incredibly frustrating to Paul. In fact, um, that is um, one of the things that I want to um, 
that I want to point out here and highlight is the nature of the way that God works specifically to get the gospel where it needs to go, the good news about Jesus where it needs to go. Um, that is the context of what Paul is doing. Paul is in the church planning game. He is in the gospel sharing game, and he is traveling around the known world at the time, um, honestly, trying to get to, um, eventually, he wants to get to Spain um, to share the gospel um, in this. He's trying to get to Rome, and they are encountering all kinds of both um, human evil, um, even systemic evil, when you think about the Roman government, um, and the centurions at all that they just um, almost were killed by on this boat, um, and God intervened. Um, but they're also facing natural evil, things like storms and snakes. You know, it wasn't like that snake said, ooh, look, it's Paul. I think I'll bite him to make people think that he's a murderer. Um, they are constantly encountering all these obstacles, and yet when, we, when you get to the end of Acts, you see um, this, in fact, I'm, I'm using the CSB and the little, the little title over Acts chapter, um, Acts chapter 28, verse 30 and 31 is Paul's ministry unhindered. In fact, that's what 31 says. It says that, that, um, that he went, he welcomed all who visited him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So think about this, without hindrance, I mean, a shipwreck and a snake bite, that sounds like hindrance to me. But that's not what's happening here. What you see is this hindrance turning into providence. Um, providence being the provision of God, as, sometimes especially through difficult circumstances in ways sort of that we wouldn't have planned for it to work out. So I want to note here specifically in this whole idea of a snake bite. So Paul's in this shipwreck. Um, God preserves him through the shipwreck and then they land on this island of Malta. The people are really kind and hospitable. They take care of Paul and Luke's needs here. And then he's making this fire, and this viper comes out. And it's a very humorous scene because look what the people, um, look what their first, the people of Malta, their first reaction is to seeing Paul snake bit. Um, you don't have to have seen any of these movies. I don't think I actually have, but there's about 17 of them, and I can't remember what they're called um, it's something where death is going to come and then you avoid it and then death keeps trying to get you. Final Destination. Yeah. Final Destination. Final Destination 2. Final Destination 3. Final. Oh, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Um, you know, Final Destination 6, 7, 8, 9. Like Fast and Furious and Final De uh, Destination are seeing who can have the most installments of that film. But if, that's kind of the assumption that the people of Malta have. Oh, yeah, okay, this guy was supposed to die in a snake, uh, I'm sorry, in a shipwreck, and now a snake's bit him. Death is after him. And the assumption in their worldview, the assumption is that justice, like there's this sort of natural bend of the world towards justice. And because he escaped death before, he must be a murderer because he owes someone his life. And therefore, oh, you escaped the shipwreck. You, you kind of jimmied your way out of that one. Well, then a snake bit you. Which, you know, think about the, the idea that, I mean, that's a throwback to Job where Job experiences all this evil, where we get actually a, a peek behind the curtain with Job, where it's actually God who is allowing those things to happen for a point of the display of um, the display of the connection and the uh, that He has with His people and the glory of God 
um, even in the midst of suffering that Job eventually gets. So there is a bit of a replay of the Old Testament book of Job here that's happening as this snake hangs off. And they, they assume... You are a murderer. In other words, you are the worst of a, you are the worst of the worst. And then hilariously, as they all sit around in verse um, six to watch Paul die to prove their thesis. I mean, look at this. They expected that he would begin to swell up or suddenly drop dead after they waited a long time and saw nothing. Imagine this: a bunch of people sitting around waiting for you to. And I quote, swell up and or die. You know, that is crazy. It's crazy that these people are waiting for that. And then what happens? They change their minds and they said, now you're not a murderer. Now you are a God because you survived this. So you can see the kind of worldview sort of things that are happening with these people of Malta. If really bad things are happening to you, you must have done something really bad. And if really, uh, and, and if you survive all of these bad things, you must be this indestructible non-human. Instead, they miss the middle, or what we'll call the middle, okay? What is the middle? The middle is between the beginning and the end. No, what is the middle? The, the, the middle ground here, um, it's actually, that's actually a bad way to phrase it, middle ground. The truth, let's just call it the truth. The truth is that Paul is neither a god nor a murderer. But he is, well, scratch that. The irony is that Paul is a murderer, or at least we, we learn from the book of Acts. You go back to Acts chapter 8, you, uh, or Acts chapter 7, 8, and 9, you'll actually find that Paul is murdering Christians, is rounding them up to die. So their assumption is not wrong, and their assumption is sort of not wrong. He's not a god, but he does have the presence of God with him. So what you have is the failure of the people of Malta to see that there is a blend of both the sinner that Paul is and sort of that, yes, he has committed crimes as bad as murder, if not murder itself, but also the presence of God in him. He is not God, but he does have the presence of God. And those two things both lay over top of each other so that what he gets on one hand is not justice, it is the experience of evil in the world. On the other hand, it's not that he is a God, it's that he has a God. There is God in him in the Holy Spirit, and there is God's providence over him because of his belief in the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, and his redemption of him. So there is this weird way that the people of Malta are very right. He is a murderer and very wrong, That's but but this is not justice that's coming to him. That justice was given to Jesus on the cross. And they're, they're very wrong. He is not a God, but they, they miss the fact that he has God working in him. And that is the beauty of Paul's non-anxious presence, both in the storm in the chapter before and the shipwreck, and then again here in front of the people of Malta. And in both instances, in both instances, because of Paul acting with the Holy Spirit as a non-anxious presence, very in tune with what God is doing, not doubting the work of God because of the difficulties in his life, he makes an impression on the Roman centurions that are on that ship with him, whose lives are saved in the previous chapter, and then again on these people of Malta. And we see in the next verses that he ends up going all around Malta and he ends up uh, healing uh, this uh, Publius, um, and uh, Publius's father, 
You should just say Publius a lot. It is a very fun name to say. Um, he ends up healing this man, and no doubt that that had an effect on all of the people in the island as they all came to him and what they thought about um, Paul's God. So, application. Application is, as a Christian, we have God in us. Um, and as sinners, we are murderers. Um, if you've ever hated a person, you murdered them in heart in your heart. So we are no doubt sinners. At the same time, we have the presence of God. So what can we do like Paul because of that? Well, we cannot interpret every bad thing that happens to us as God is punishing us. We already know that the condemnation of sin is on the cross. Additionally, additionally, we know that with the Holy Spirit, we can be the kind of non-anxious presence that does make an impression on the people around us that we can minister to the people around us, even when difficult things are happening to us. Notice, shipwreck, snake, and then Paul steps into the difficult situation of Publius' father. And he doesn't go in as like, I can't believe you want me to pay attention to your dad. Look at all the stuff that happened to me. No, he's with the presence of God. He is a non-anxious presence all through that, and he is able to affect the environment around him positively with both the good news of the gospel as a sort of church planner and as, a, as an evangelist, and also the physical nature of people around him through this healing. Likewise, we can affect the nature of people around us. Yes, maybe sometimes through physical healing and laying hands on people. I believe the Lord can do that. But also, even through the way that we obey the Scripture in things like speaking words of encouragement, speaking life into people instead of trying to manipulate people into sort of noticing our pain, we can notice others' pain because we have something to give, not because we are God's, but because God lives in us. And now, City Church, let's be silent and pray together. Um, a word of, uh, word of um, I don't know, heads up or next up. You know, we just finished our All In series, and um, we had our, our um, Commitment Sunday this last week. Um, so grateful to see um, what the Lord did in all of that um, and in the commitments that you made. Um, man, it's so encouraging. Can't wait to share with you more about what God did this last Sunday. Um, also, uh, you may be wondering, well, what's up next for our public worship gatherings on Sundays? And that is the book of Hebrews, um, the book of Hebrews, which is all about French press. So, um, I hope that you will tune in and show up, uh, preferably show up, um, to our worship gatherings and, uh, let's worship together. And we are going to, um, explore what God says about um, Jesus being better than than everything and everybody else. So a uh, wonderful book that I have never preached before. Looking forward to um, getting into that with you. So that'll be upcoming and that'll carry us through Christmas. In the meantime, let's be silent now and respond to God um, and his word to us today. Our Father, right now, I know that someone may be experiencing extreme anxiety, may be experiencing um, or even interpreting the events in their life that are um, negative from receiving really, um, really bad uh, health information or test results of themselves or a loved one. 
or maybe even just a series of unfortunate events that happen from, you know, uh, um, having to replace a car to, um, uh, you know, getting some other bad news that just sometimes we just hit, get hit with little things one after the another. And it feels like, um, you must be uh, working against us, but that is not true. Um, Romans eight, you tell us that, um, he who did not spare his own son, um, how much more would he not provide us with everything that we need? Um, Lord, we want to trust like this. We want to be a non-anxious presence like this. We want to overflow your love and compassion even when we go from shipwreck to snakebite. We want to be the kind of people who do not interpret negative events in our life as the way that you think about us. We want to be Paul's. We want to be Job's. We want to be people who say, I know my Redeemer lives. So, Father, would you grow us as a church into those people and help us to have a healing effect on our families and on our community because of your presence with us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.